It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. 94 WIP FM HD1 Philadelphia from the Tasty Cake Studios. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Oh, what's going on? Bleeding Green Nation. Good afternoon, everybody. It is BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. I am John Barchard, Brandon Lee Gouton from BleedingGreenNation.com. Also, you might have heard of this man, uh, Trey Thomas. I heard, uh, heard he's a former Eagle. Pretty good yeah. one. Somewhere somewhere in there. So we're There we go. <laughs> there we go. My mic is on. There it is. I'm hot. He's learning to be an engineer as we speak. Yes. And uh, we've got uh, some fun things to get into because, guys, it's a, it's a nice overcast day. Uh, you know, might have uh, partaken in in some singing and bourbon and dancing last night, which was very fun. I hope it continues <laughs> on for everybody today. But uh, these rookies have no time to go and do that, as uh, the uh, rookie minicamp has, has kind of got out there and started. But uh, we'll start things off with BLG. BLG, what's happening today, bud? John, it is rare that I am not in a good mood, but I'm not in a good mood. <laughs> Why aren't you in a good mood? Uh, well, you know. Some things that have happened. I guess stay there. Stay tuned to bleedinggreennation.com <laughs> for all that. What Trey is the uh, golf course treating you any better? I uh, saw. I saw that you had to hide your yeah, golf score. Card I had to the hide my day. golf court, um, score over at. Um, oh my gosh. Um, uh, the, the, the course that's out there, the Delaware Racetrack. I cannot think of the name of it right now. Oh, okay. It's escaping me. I can't think of white, it. Uh, white, Creek, so, white, white Creek. Yeah, yeah. White Creek. White Country Club. There yes, it is. Yes. You know, they told me that I should bring extra balls for that course, <laughs> and I didn't listen. I was like, oh, man, you know what? My I'll game be fine. is yeah, yeah, I'll be all right. Do you have to go into the water at all? And oh, I don't your go balls in? Yeah, no, <laughs> no, I don't have one of those retrievers, but I lost a lot of balls. I think I was probably about eight or ten balls in. Yeah, okay. Of lost balls, and I play with red balls. It's kind of hard to lose a red ball. <laughs> And, um, yeah, I lost a lot of balls man. out there, man. It, it, I mean, beautiful course. Stick to painting, maybe. Oh, no, 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 no. I <laughs> no? would definitely go doing, back. Doing, doing all I would all definitely go back. You know, I'd just be a little bit more uh, better prepared. Anytime you play a course for the first time, 
You know, it's tough, man. It's a shooter's course, though. It's a nice course. Trey, I want to stay with you on this because mm-hmm. there is uh, – what was it like going into a rookie minicamp when you don't really know anybody, you're not, you're not sure how it's going to go, and you've got – well, I mean, you had Juan. You have infamous stories about Juan. Yeah. <laughs> what is it like approaching, you know, this week to, to try and, like, are, are you – really trying to prepare and learn the playbook as much as possible what's going through everybody's head right now yeah i think so you you definitely want to get in you want to make a good impression i mean this is one of the times where the coaches can really focus on you and uh give you the attention that they can that it's all about you and getting you up to speed so you definitely want to come in learn as much of the playbook as possible get your movements down because that's going to be one of the most important parts of it as well being able to move along with the plays that's being added into it and it's all football is just learning new ter- terminology except for Jordan you know <laughs> well, Jordan says he's up to two peanuts of knowledge with football so yeah. we're keeping a progress chart on it yeah him. so yeah. it's a little different for him because he, I mean he's having to learn football along with the along with the movements the terminology and everything else that's going on yeah certainly we'll we'll talk about Jordan cuz I think he's become the just because of what he is right i mean this yeah. is he's the most interesting project that the eagles have here and Certainly, uh, I didn't declare on the BGN Radio podcast. Well, the optimism is that, you know, he ends up like uh, Jason Peters. In fact, said, I think he possibly could have the framework of a Jason Peters type of athletic body. I'm going to be wrong. I clearly said that, too, <laughs> uh, because, you, you, you know, we talked to Jason Kelsey a little earlier uh, in the week as well. And it, it's just it, kind of that that same thing. And, and I'll, I'll go back to train a little bit on it. But BLG, I mean, why is... Everybody's so infatuated with one, Jordan. Uh, I don't even know if it's the proper pronunciation. Myelata or Mielata? See, that's why I didn't any, even try any, to. Myelata. Yeah. yeah, any clarification? Look, yeah. he's a rookie. He doesn't yeah. get the, you know, he doesn't have the right to have his name pronounced right just <laughs> yet. Right. Right. He kind of yeah. has to earn it. Doesn't even know what an angle block is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It also wasn't complicated is. enough yeah. where we forced ourselves to pronounce it right, like Halapuli Vati Vaita. There it is. Yeah. You're just doing oh, that to wow, show off pretty good. Yes. Look at that. Look yeah. at that. There's no, I guess we could call him Big J or Big M or something. Right along the line. Big B, Big J. But it's interesting because, I mean, you look at this Eagles rookie draft class. There's only five picks, so it's not like a lot of guys to even get excited about. And he didn't have a first round pick because he traded out. So there's not that natural buzz about, you know, like last year when Derek Barnett came in, all eyes were on him. He's the 14th overall pick. Everyone's expecting him to be this thing. Uh, Dallas Goddard, you know, there's excitement for him, but he's a tight end. He's behind Zach Ertz. So, you know, his contributions are going to be a little bit limited. And then you have guys. Oh, we're like, going to fight about that again, huh? Well, I'm just saying, like, he's not going right. to. All right. Well, he's, even if he's going to play a lot, it's still going to be like 40%. It's not going to sure. be like he's, you know, right. every down making, you know, these huge impacts every game, every week, every every play. But, you know, you have those guys. You have Maddox in here. You brought Matt Pryor in here with Mylotta. It's just, it's never been done before, I guess, right? Like, that's the interesting thing about it is that if this somehow works, it would be insane. It would be crazy. It would be unprecedented and I think it's really interesting to to see how he was out there and you could tell I think you know this is like a different environment for him mm-hmm. there was one point where he's out there and you know he's in his stance and he doesn't even get out of it because he can't hear <laughs> right. he's not yeah. used to wearing a helmet he's That's not right. used to wearing uh, a and Stout is like what are you doing there's he's a like, lot of things <laughs> he's looking you know? at him, he's like what are you doing he's like <laughs> he's like what are you saying I can't hear you so <laughs> it's a big learning curve yeah and there's there's scope of the game like having a, a small understanding it almost seems like I mean, Trey, it doesn't even look like he pl- watched American football. 
He was a rugby player. I know. He was playing running back. He wasn't looking (laughs) at football, especially if he was watching football. He definitely wasn't watching the offensive line. Yeah. You know, he's probably watching running backs and looking at the jukes and all that. Man was not watching offensive line technique and stuff, man. You know, and it's a huge learning curve that's going to have to happen. You know, uh, well, let me phrase it this way, Drake. uh Go back to the first time that you were learning how to play your position to left tackle. Yeah. How long did it take you to just get a, I can simply do this one technique? It took me a while, you know, because I, I switched over in college, you know, uh, but, you know, I had those three or four years to kind of get myself together, you know, on the college level because I had never played offensive tackle until um, my second year at um, Florida State. So um, it took me a little while to kind of get my bearings together. And then, you know, Every coach, I was fortunate to have a good offensive line coach that really taught me it, taught me the position, and then Juan just took it to a whole nother level. Yeah, and uh, you know, Juan, even with working with Juan, there was a learning curve of trying to get myself up to speed to get on the professionals, uh, the, the the be ready for the professional side of it now. But um, you know, it, it's going to take a while for him. You know, well, and just to put that perspective even more, let's say you never had an opportunity to yeah. learn what you did at Florida State and you're with Juan Castillo, what would it have been like? I, I think, well, we had that happen one year with, um, I can't, I don't know if his name is Sack or Steve Neal. Mm-hmm. You know, we had brought him in. He was a wrestler. And uh, we ended up letting him go. He went to New England and played for them for like 10 years as a starting okay. guard and won a couple Super Bowl champions. Had oh, yeah. never played offensive line, never played football, was just a wrestler, came out there with just no gloves, didn't know how to put anything on, and, and then there you go. So it takes a little while just to get used to it. And especially now you're you're out at tackle where you don't have any help. You're on an island, mm-hmm. you know. So it's going to have to be a lot of getting to – he's going to get beat to death. I'm thinking just his first training camp, BG and them are going to just eat him up. Just because, I mean, it's I don't care how good you adjust to it, there's just certain stuff that the coach isn't going to be able to teach you, and you're going to have to learn on your own. And and it's going to come with getting your behind whooped a couple times. I mean, sometimes that's your best lessons. 888-729-9494 is we're taking away our our first impressions of uh, of rookie training camp. And we also want to know, just as you're looking into this now, and, and sure, it's a little projection, but who and which rookie is going to have the biggest impact for this team? I'll include UDFAs in there, too. If uh, I mean, if you want to get cute with, with some of those things, and you want to say that Josh Adams is going to just tear these things up, and he's the next Garrett Blunt, which we, we've certainly heard that a lot this week. But uh, 888-729-9494. Let's start things off with Bob in Wilmington. What's up, Bob? Hey guys, I like uh, I like Trey's guy sweat to tear things up. Sweat, yes, um, sweat. <laughs> That's right. I, I, I think he's got a chance to be a real good pass rusher. But I I wanted to call and <clears throat> maybe this is just pardon me, just paranoia. Mm-hmm. But did anybody notice in Peterson's press conference yesterday? And Doug is, you know, you know he's always very calm. I mean, you know, you know he goes to great lengths to explain things. When somebody asked him about Jernigan yesterday, he he kind of got his hackles up a little bit. Said, "I'm oh, not yeah. talking about this." And has anybody contacted Jernigan? Or I nope. mean, this kind of seems. Does it seem a little weird to you that there's that there's no news? Is he in Philadelphia? Uh, we don't Who we don't knows? know, and the team won't release if they are or not because they are not uh, obligated to do such. Uh, I'm right in the same boat that you are with you, Bob, and. To be honest, after asking around, there is no way that that was off of a workout. That's my that's my intuition off of that. That's you know, that's something intuition. that was uh, 
That and I, I, I don't even think it happened in March. To be honest with you, I think it happened clearly before then. Huh. Did Doug seem like a little PO'd about it? Did Did, did you get that impression at all from his his I didn't, response? I didn't get that impression at all. I just think that he did not want to give out any information than he mm-hmm. had to more more than he had to in that, and they probably shouldn't. I and, and here's how I look at it, Bob. No matter what I think, or you know. Uh, uh, might think about what happened in this situation. Their contract details pretty much tell all there. Even if he was, I would assume at this point, working out that wasn't, and it wasn't in the Eagles facility, whatever, there's no way that they would structure his contract the way it is now. Hmm. It it really seems to me like this was not even a workout, that it was an off-the-field incident where he's probably doing something normal, like normal people do, like hanging out and doing whatever, or playing a basketball game, and got injured that way. That's how it looks to me, at least. Okay, because it just seems very strange. If you go through the, there's no news on the internet. There's yeah. nothing. There's nothing from Tim or anything. I, and he's probably not allowed to talk about it. I, I well, and it doesn't doesn't serve him right to talk about it no, either, Bob. And not I, talk and, about and, it. And, and I appreciate the uh, the call there, BLG. I wonder if you kind of feeling a little bit of the same way. Well, when I heard Doug talk about it, I mean, he did shut it down pretty quickly, which is kind of begs to raise the question, if it was something so simple, why couldn't you just say it? You right. know, was like, oh, you know, he's lifting some weights and uh, he got hurt and that's it. Uh, Boom. It was like, no, nope, actually, we're not going to talk about that next question. <laughs> yes, yeah. no, not yeah. at all. Right, Trey? I mean, that's uh, unorthodox. Uh, yeah, unordinary. It, it not does ordinary. seem a little off. Um, I would like to hear what happened, you know, because, I mean, it's a herniated disc. I mean. What can you do out there that can – I know what I did to have create my herniated disc. Yeah. It was a football play. But just trying to figure out what was going on with him. I mean, it could have been a lifting incident if he was outside of the facility, if he was it's working out somewhere else. It's a really you know, easy thing to say. Well, they probably wanted him to be in-house, you know, yeah. and, 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 but he probably chose to go and work out somewhere else. And then here you go. You had a couple situations a couple years back where you had a um a weight a weightlifting program here um, that was outside of the Eagles facility, and a lot of guys were getting blown pecs and shoulders coming from this program, and you know the coaches wanted everybody to be in house, and when that when stuff like that starts happening, that really leaves a bad taste in everybody's uh, mouth, you know, and they want you to be here and work out because they know, well, they would think that under uh, if you're in underneath our roof something like that wouldn't have happened. And your contract would be still in place because you're working exactly. out with the team. It's right. not like exactly. you're, you're not like all right, out on your own. And exactly. Yeah. But for instance, if, you know, like Carson Wentz takes all the receivers last year to North Dakota, which is clearly mm-hmm. not uh, in the facility or mm-hmm. wherever, and they're working out and somebody gets injured there. And they're pissed. It's not going to It's not gonna reflect in the way that the contract foiled out with Tim Jernigan. Yes, it would. You, you, you're telling me that they would take away all the bonus money yes, from them yeah. instantly? Just I, like I, that? I, I, they could. Yeah. Yeah. They probably know. could. You know, know. because if you get hurt outside of that facility, I think so. Seems a, seems a little strange. Just to me, yeah. after extending a guy in the middle of the season, then being like, actually, no. Yeah. I, I think it's. I, I don't think it's as, as simple as that. That's but when you have to read we'll the fine print. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All of that stuff. Print. Make sure you got a really good agent <laughs> lawyer that's hanging out. Let's go to Harry on a cell. What's up, Harry? Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Um, honestly, uh, he could have done that sneezing, for Christ's sake. I rubbed right. the disc in the back doing something just as simple as turning around and say hello to a friend. So <laughs> Man, what a, I mean, what, come what on a now. We're talking about a professional athlete that does core exercises all the time. <laughs> You know, and I understand that, but if you know anything about the back, you can herniate a disc stepping off a curb. Yeah. It just is a freak. It really is. Yeah, I know. But that's not the reason I called. Um, 
I was I called on the other show and they said that, that I got to talk to you, so I will. But that's not a problem. <laughs> they were talking about LeBron James, and and uh-huh. um, I honestly think he's going to come to Philadelphia. He's already announced that he wants to play off the ball more, and with his buddy on the team, wow, that's just. It's awfully coincidental if it's not his plan. Well, look, it makes a lot of uh, sense. I mean, and that way, what that came from uh, Post, right? That came from uh, ESPN the, with with at least the the thought of him wanting to play off ball as he uh, goes into the letter. Well, and and that's, that's uh, honestly, I mean, everybody. This is what I don't understand: is everybody thinks that it takes away LeBron's special ability when he doesn't play uh-huh. uh, uh, or when he plays off ball, which is crazy to me. I mean, that's sure. exactly what. Simmons needs you put him and Kawhi together and let's rock and roll. We'll see how we'll see how good the Boston fans like that. The other question I had with Timmy Jernigan or not with Tim Jernigan, yeah, with Tim Jernigan, with him being out like that, why don't they put the Australian guy in as a defensive tackle? I mean, holy crap, six foot <laughs> forty four pounds, man, that's a lot of guy to block. Well, so, let, let's let, let's ask let's ask Trey this: What's easier to learn? Uh, defensive line. Definitely really? is much easier easier to learn, uh, just because it's see ball get ball, you know. And, and even though there's a little bit more technique to it, but you 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 now can, would you would you say that in front of Fletcher Cox? Exactly, I said. <laughs> I mean, come on, you know. Yeah, yes, I would. I I tell the defensive line easy. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, you see ball get ball, you know. <laughs> but. Go ahead. Did Did you ever, during your playing days, did a coach ever say to you, hey, we want to try this weird package. Can we teach you a few moves, try you out, just to like, in case they ever wanted to throw something crazy at, a, at the other team? No, because they needed me to protect the blind side. They, yeah. they didn't want to yeah. risk you, yeah. fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Yeah. They did didn't did any risky. of your other offensive line teammates ever have that happen? No, only, only Todd Harriman. So, you know, they put him at tight end. He caught a couple touchdowns. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, other than that, you know, they kept us where we were, you know, but... um. <laughs> I think you know if you, if you're looking for something to learn that that's a that's a quick that doesn't have as big of a learning curve defensive line, but his only problem is he's six eight, you know. So yeah. if he doesn't understand leverage, he's going to stand up all the time. He's going to get blown right. off the ball, so yeah. it's not as easy. You're going to have to learn how to use your hands, how to bull rush, and all of that other stuff, which is you you can learn it a lot quicker than having to uh, how to balance yourself in pass protection. But you know. It's either way, you know. There's going to be a learning curve, and, and, I, and which position's more valuable? Yeah, oh yeah, certainly. Yeah, 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 yeah. When yeah, you're trying to look for a future yeah. replacement, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, and I, I honestly, where a package where I could see Jordan going in is when it's three tackles that are on there, and he either is a part of that, or they just give him the honey bobo, and they just go, okay, you're yeah. the new Bo Allen, and uh, seven times. A year, we're going to use you on the goal line as a as a big full black uh, a full uh, full back blocker. Yeah, put him at and tight just end. Roll, roll like that, tight end. Yeah. Tight end. I mean, yeah, five one forty. You know, you watch those highlights. I want the ball in his hands at some point this <laughs> yeah, season. Yeah. You know, you know, Doug is going to do it. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how up. many times did say Amalo go in the back go in the backfield in those goal line sets? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm trying to think of like a because you can't use the fridge. Uh, you know, like the, uh, Perry was was just a, a large man. That's all he was. And he, he was only a three ten back then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and then now, like he's just—I mean, Jordan's cut like a Greek god. So I'm trying to think of an yeah. appliance that like it makes more sense <laughs> if you're gonna gonna bring that in. So if you have any Jordan nicknames that you can use, like the fridge, I'm I'm very very <laughs> open to that as well. Eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four. And and in talking about 
rookie impacts. And uh, unfortunately, I don't think Jordan's going to be a part of that this season. But, you know, uh, Bob had mentioned it earlier. Josh Sweat, I mean, it is the, the, the impressions for me, BLG, for the fact that he doesn't have a knee brace on uh, coming into rookie camp, I think is a great sign. Any concerns about, uh, you know, that in his past history in 2014, where he basically had to repair his entire knee and there was, uh, you know, some scarcity there that he might end up losing the entire leg and all that stuff. And it's uh, kind of awesome how he's built himself back to this. But, you know, he even was was saying how, how much he enjoys playing the five technique now and not having to worry about getting you know slid in there in a wide night system. I think it's I think he's going to have a, a much larger impact than we're assuming right now. Yeah, and we hear that with a lot of defensive linemen really who come in. I mean Tim Jernigan was saying that last year when he was playing, you know, two gapping with the Ravens for all attack, this and attack, even at attack, Florida attack. State, right? Yeah, and then yeah. all of a sudden he comes into the system now when he can attack and, and and look, early in the season last year, he was great. And I think mm. you look at the same thing. That's what Josh Wet Sweat has been saying sweat, a lot sweat, where he's sweat. like, look, I he almost seems like pretty kind of honestly just not like enjoying that scheme at all. And yes. he's like, oh, I finally got out of there. Yeah, now I can actually <laughs> attack and rush the passer and it's a lot more fun. So I think that'll be interesting. I, I wonder how much of an impact he'll really be able to make right away because, you know, you have they're just so loaded. You have Brandon Graham, you have Chris Long, you have Michael Bennett, mm-hmm. you have Derek Barnett. Um, I don't, and my Stephen Means is still around. Like, you know, there's yeah. a lot of guys in that business. position. Yeah. Yes, yeah. he does. So that'll be interesting to see how he develops. And I think with the knee, that there's no brace. Yeah. But, you know, he did fall for the to the fourth round for a reason. Certainly. There were concerns. There was talk that he didn't really like fully practice at Florida State all the time. So that's, you know, another thing you have to think about as well and how are they going to manage that knee over the long term. But he's an interesting dude for sure. Yeah. I, I really like just his. Uh, the overall is athletic ability, and again, when you put on the tape and see that mm-hmm. it's that it's that same mode of and it, nobody likes two gapping, right? I mean, mm-hmm. there is not a there is not a defensive lineman on earth that goes, "Oh, good, I, I'm glad I get to hold up the pile," Man. right? Like they unless want they want to go just kill can't somebody attack. unless like you can't attack, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. Like you're just some kind of plotting guy. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I can't rush the pass. You have anyway. to hold Cedric up and, and let yeah, the exactly. uh, yeah. Man, Cedric, I tell you what though, yeah. when Cedric Thornton, Fletcher Cox, and um Benny were together, man, that was fun. That yeah. was like Great the rotation. nastiest two gapping group I've yeah. ever yeah. seen, man. Those guys, they they held it down out there. But you know, it is tough though when you're in four three. Yeah, and said no. would just he would absorb a blocker or two with one arm, and then he'd get that second arm out and just wrap up a guy, just pull him in. Yeah. He wasn't a great attack attacker. He might allow a few yards here and there, but he was solid in that two gap set. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, it's uh, uh, for my eyes, it's a lot fun to see these guys go and kill yeah. people. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I, I like the transition there. Uh, Josh Sweat's probably going to be my. My guy that we're maybe I'll put him in the class of you know we're not thinking about uh, in in large impacts in their rookie year, but certainly we we'll want to hear uh, yours too. We're getting impressions Sweat. from rookie camp and Sweat. everywhere else. It is BGN Radio. Trey Thomas, Brandley Gowden. I'm John Barchard. It is Sports Radio 94 WIP. Talking Philly sports with Sewell. Awesome. Sports Radio 94 WIP. It is BGN Radio. Right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Trey Thomas in with us. Brandon Lee Gowton from BleedingGreenNation.com. I am John Barchard. And uh, almost a little tidbit from Jimmy Kemsky this morning, which is a little bit surprising. How many injured guys were there playing in the Super Bowl? Derek Barnett had surgery on a sports hernia, uh, which uh, I guess is is already back to you know to full health or whatever that's uh, that's going on. 
how on earth, like, does this happen all the time that people just play through injuries yeah. that don't get reported and then, then all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, by Absolutely. the way, uh, just scope my knee, yeah. uh, no big deal, and, uh, and, and move on from there. So it's pretty amazing how many guys, how much is that? I mean, it's got to affect your technique and all that stuff, and he still played at a pretty high level yeah. uh, throughout that. Alshon Jeffrey, without uh, basically a shoulder, uh, you know, uh, took care of business here. Uh, Timmy Jernigan, despite you know what may or may not happen in the in the workouts, was still playing injured throughout the Super Bowl as well. Like how uh, I, it's amazing to me in when we when we discuss all these things because earlier in the week we were we were talking about like you know or draft class in 2015 and. Mm-hmm. And how much like should be counted against somebody who is quote unquote injury prone? But like you hear all these stories, mm-hmm. and it's impossible not to get hurt. Yeah. It is impossible. Yeah. That's the thing about football. There is no um, when you uh, if you're going to get hurt is when you're going to get hurt, and you're going to everybody's going to have surgery at some point. That's just the reality of football. Um, you know, and and it's to answer your question, people get hurt all the time, and then it's in the off season. You just have to go and get certain stuff cleaned up. You know, if it's a bone spurs or if it's uh getting your knee cleaned up on meniscus tears or whatever so um there's always you know that list of guys that have to go and have something cleaned out in the offseason and that's just the part of the game that you know that every football player is going to have to deal with yeah so yeah. it's and it's like you just the thing is you never know so you automatically think well this guy's playing bad and then all of a sudden yeah. it's just like actually he didn't have a leg sorry i didn't know if you noticed that <laughs> yeah, or not you know uh but that's uh so yeah i mean a lot of guys you know, banged up, getting cleared up, coming into uh, rookie camp here, BLG, and um, I, I don't know. Is there is there anybody else that's kind of popping off your list here that you're going? I, you know, I think this guy could actually make a a large impact in in his first year as an Eagle. Well, I think Philly Goddard, you know, is in. Uh, yeah, you know, is clearly the obvious answer there, with being that number two tight end. And here's the oh, thing. real quick on that because I saw the petition that people were trying to make him. Yeah. Why why isn't it? Why aren't they petitioning to like say you know make his last name sucks? No, Dallas sucks. Like that would just <laughs> it would motivate him and also be you know like a thing that you could always say all the time. That so. doesn't resonate with me as much. I like Philly Goddard. <laughs> Philly I like Goddard. taking it from Dallas and making it into all a right. Philly thing. Fair enough. Fair Philly like Goddard. That. Philly yeah. Goddard. Philly yeah. Goddard. Yeah. Um, you could just call him Phil. You know, yeah. whatever. Uh, I think Philly Goddard has a good chance to like. So here's the thing, and and going back to the argument we kind of had about the tight end, how much will he play? Now, I right. said one of my caveats to that argument was that it doesn't necessarily matter how much he plays if he's making a huge impact, especially in important areas. Like, if he's this third down monster, this red zone monster, which he very well could be, that's fine. I don't really care how much he plays if he's making the offense effective, and I think that could be the case. So I'm interested to see, really, what that looks like when you get him out on the field there with Zach because I, I love the player. Like, I like Dallas Goddard a lot. Watching that guy play, how could you not? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's fun to watch. He's like the tight end version almost of OBJ at times. Like, he's making these ridiculous catches. It's mm-hmm. fun to And he goes, look, the weird, like, I don't get where that Zach Ertz comparison was coming from. Like, they're not the same player. To I don't me. Like, Dallas Goddard's more of like a Travis Kelsey kind of player. Yes. Or, mm-hmm. or Jimmy Kemsky, since we're talking about him, compared to him to like a Greg Olson. Like, that kind Makes of guy. Sense. A lot yeah. more... Uh, like you know, threatening after the catch and more, more physical. Like Ertz is a really good route runner, but once he gets the ball, he's in the open no field. Yeah, he's not. He's not making anyone miss, and that's that's <laughs> fine. He's a good right. player. I'm just saying, like it's it's not the, those two guys aren't the same player. So I'm kind of interested to see that again because look, in past years we haven't really seen a ton of that second tight end. Like Trey Burton played and, mm-hmm. and Brent Selleck played, but they didn't contribute a ton. They were role players, and I think Dallas Goddard. You bring him in, it'll be interesting to see how that second tight end 
uh, really gets featured in this offense. And as we know, the you know wide receivers and tight ends and all that coming into the league, it's going to take you a while to get your bearings in. You know where you can go and, and be able to win. I think Dallas is in an interesting si- situation. Sorry, I think Philly Goddard's. I think Goddard's <laughs> is in a in a uh, in a in a interesting situation mm-hmm. because you don't have to be the guy coming in here right away, and yeah. not even the first tight end. There's so many other weapons on this team that you can just use your skill set. And what's exciting to me, Trey, is this team basically now gets to control the middle of the field at all times, which yeah. is going to win you a ton of football games. I don't know if a year one impact is going to be huge, yeah. but certainly long term, like I'm in love with uh, with Dallas Goddard. Yeah, definitely, man. Because, I mean, he just brings an extra dynamic to the offense, another weapon for Carson, um, you know, I, I really I don't see anybody on this list that's that's that we're depending on to make a big impact right out the gate because this team is stacked. You know, we just need somebody to come in and play your role and do your part and kind of help support this team. And, and you know, uh, don't mess up when your number is called. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Don't, don't drop the ball. Don't yeah. drop the ball. Yeah. Don't let the lights get too bright for you when you sit up there on Monday night football, you know, because now you're on prime time. You're on the team that's winning. You're on the team that that is defending Super Bowl champs that's going for a repeat. And, uh, you know, and also you have to understand the city that you're playing in, you know. Oh, yeah, for so, sure. so, so if you do go out and you have a bad performance, you know, you're gonna hear it. Don't have thin skin. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> you know, get, get get ready for what's coming. Yeah, certainly. <laughs> and uh, the other thing is, I, I I like this group. It's their mentality and where it's at. And there's one guy that I still think can have a major impact uh, on this team. And it might be subtle, but uh, yeah. I think it would solidify the secondary. Uh, and that's that's pretty much giving it all away now. But eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four is checking with our big our good friend Biggie. What's up, Biggie? Hey guys, I love the show today. Appreciate it. And buddy. Mr. Producer is so funny. He thought I was funny. And um, <laughs> uh, here we go. Here we go. I have all a question right, for right. John. I have a question for Trey. Sure. Yes. And okay, John. It was the most um, the draft this year. You know, we thought it was going to be really um, boring, but they got this this guy in, this Australian guy, whatever his name is, right? He's uh, a jo- monster. Yeah. Jordan okay. Mayalato. Yeah, Jordan. That's his name. And so, John, here's my question for you. The last time I was very impressed with Howie was when he moved to get Carson Wentz, okay? I was very That excited. was the last time you were impressed with Howie? Wow. Okay. Okay. All right. This time, this is a, you know, it's the last pick, right? The guy can be a monster. And that's my question for you. What do you think about the pick? And then I'll go to Trey. Okay. I mean, like, for a seventh-round pick, and you're going to rely on athleticism and upside and teaching somebody the game, I would take that 100 times over a Bo Scarborough or a Josh Adams or somebody that's just kind of in there and doing its thing. They already got a... Uh, a, a guy from TCU that I think you know can uh, could be able to stick here too as a as a backup tackle. So now it gives you an opportunity to bet on athleticism and bet on Jeff Stoutland on him teaching the game. By the way, uh, Zach Myers who's listening to the show on the Twitter dot com at BGN underscore Radio. The Barbie I think is is a pretty good uh, nickname for for Jordan. So we'll let that simmer around. Trey, Trey, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, I, I listened to Ray earlier, and Ray had the opinion which I agree with. 
that he could be a better defensive tackle prospect mm-hmm. than an offensive uh, player, uh, line player, because the footwork uh, is so much more uh, hard to learn. Well, yeah, yeah. and big, okay. we actually had, we had a question about that uh, earlier that mm-hmm. he said. You know, you said yeah. it was easier. Yeah, well, yeah, well, you know, the footwork for offensive tackle is a lot harder to deal with, um, only because you know you have to understand how to not getting a balanced stance when you where, where when I say that you don't want both your feet on the same level as a as a left tackle you want your right foot a little bit forward and your left foot is going to be back so you have your post foot which is your right foot and your kick foot or whatever you want to call it is going to be your left foot one of the things that's playing especially when you're playing tackle or even on the offensive line Whenever you get that inside move, you have to kind of keep that same stagger. Right. You cannot let your right foot drop down to where your left foot is and, and get your feet yeah, you even. Just lost. Yeah. Because then now you're going to give up the inside. And if you mess around and you drop that right foot to where it's behind your left foot, now you're you're turning and you're opening up a gate to that defensive end that can just come in for the quarterback. So the footwork is extremely important. And then um, just, you know, you can't – when it comes to even with setting, you have to kind of keep that same stagger. You can't allow your feet to get together. You know, you have to keep a good base. You know, there's a lot that has to go into it. You know, when, when I'm teaching a tackle, when it's time to teach um, technique and stuff, I work footwork way before you even get into throwing hands just because it just it's like training in a boxer. You don't teach them how to punch right away. You teach them how to move. Then you get into using your hands. You know, and, and that's one of the things. With him. He's just going to have to learn how to move first. Let's get your movement down. Make sure your feet are right. And then what you can t- learn how to play, start using your hands. But when you're on the defensive side of the ball, it's just getting in a nice three-point stance where you're going to fire off and you hit the gap. You know, yeah. and that's one of the – now you have to deal with how to how to take on double teams. How, what happens if you get cut? You know, uh, little stuff like that. But it is a lot easier if you're going to go on the defensive side of the ball. And the only thing I can picture right now is – like Jordan being on a Pop Warner football field, and that's yeah. I mean, that's yeah. your, that's where you're you're starting from. There's just pretty much large specimen again amongst all these kids, and you're like, yeah, man, sorry, you got to start here. Yeah, uh, you just got to learn. Yeah, you, you have just to learn. learn. You know, it's, it is what it is. It's going to take a while. Uh, so yeah, and 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 getting back to uh, to Dallas Goddard here, BLG. This is, I mean, to me, I think the long the long term effects of what this does, even and we we talked about this on on the podcast at BGN underscore Radio. They they had six picks in this draft, a plethora of UDFAs and all that. Uh, this is this to me uh, really isn't about guys that you absolutely have to nail. Like if they come away with only one guy, that's a win here uh, in, in, to me. For, for for me, it's it's the 2017 class working out, and then 2019 with all of those picks, really you know it's uh, striving and going and, and nailing most of those because. To me, that's that's pretty much how your core has been set up. You went and got Carson in, in 2016. Those two drafts are pr- probably going to be it. Anything that you pull out of this one, I would consider a win at this point. I'm not looking at this to be like, well, if nothing works out, then uh, then everything's bad because uh, it's uh, it's really hard to come away with anybody uh, with with 13, let alone six picks. Yeah, like Trey was saying earlier. I mean, the roster's stacked. You're yeah, not looking to build right. a core with these guys that you brought in. These are kind of like supplemental pieces. That's how I'd look at this draft. It's a very like, all right, let's we have this great thing in place, but like we could use some more tight end depth. We mm-hmm. really need some more competition at nickel corner, offensive tackle. We feel good about Big V. 
but you know, Jason Peters could retire in a couple of years or so. We should probably start thinking about the future of that position. Let's bring mm-hmm. in some guys, you know, and then, you know, it's offensive line in general. You can never have too many of those no, guys. No, you can't. So let's just bring in some of those guys as well. And I think that's kind of where, and then defensive end, same thing as well. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. we, you know, Brandon Graham, Chris Long, Michael Bennett, those guys are getting older. Let's get a young guy in here. I think it's all kind of thinking about the future. While you can get some production out of those guys, you can get Philly Goddard coming in here. Maybe Avante Maddox comes in, wins that slot corner job. So there's, there is some immediate impact potential, but not in the sense of like being a full-time starter. That's kind of why the draft wasn't just as exciting this year, because you weren't trying to find that guy who's going to come in and be that instant difference maker. It's kind of just like, all right, he's going to come in, he's going to help the team. And certainly I want to talk about uh, you know Vontae and his impact, because that's one of the guys that I am certainly think of that can have uh, uh, immediate success uh, in this defense. And we want to get your thoughts, too. Which rookie is going to have the biggest impact in your mind from this draft as uh, rookie camp is getting started up here. Also, if you were in the shower and you could nail a song, what song would that be? Because uh, uh, Eagles offensive line hopeful Ian Park uh, has done so, and we got to play that for you. That's all coming up next. John Barchard, Brandon Lee Gout, and Trey Thomas all here with you. It's Bleeding Green Nation Radio, BGN Radio, on Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio. On Sports Radio 94 WIP. Now, I wonder, uh, I've been kind of wondering uh, ever since I saw this. <laughs> like, this kid, uh, Ian Park, who was uh, from uh, Stony Brook, and then also I think he transferred from uh, Northwestern on a tryout basis, right here, BLG. That's why he's here, not the undrafted free agent. Oh, he is a UDFA. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, if if anyone's heard uh, all the, for all the nerds out there, I know BLG is not a big Halo guy, but he's a, a he's, video a, game he's guy. a fellow fellow nerd along with me here. Oh well, uh, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, I'm a big Halo guy Tra- back when yeah. it was out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is that all you guys did at minicamp? Play Halo? Yeah, we played a lot of Halo. <laughs> Got it in. No. Yeah, because I remember way back in the day, you know, this is this is pre Xbox Live and things like that. That was you know, those were yeah. some, some land parties where you'd freaking uh, nerd out and put four televisions yeah. together, yeah. And, you know. Click it all in. Anyway, uh, there are some fellow nerds that uh, are on it. Ian Park is one of them. Now, if, if you don't know the Halo theme, it's pretty iconic, but this is this is what it sounds like. Ah, yes, the voices. This <laughs> brings you right back. Because this is, if, if you grew up in a college dorm anywhere, what was that, 19, like, like the 1996 and on, and you heard this, no one turned it off. I mean, this just played in the background, and then like, yeah, no one would turn off their TVs. So, uh, so I guess because uh, Ian Park has been doing this since college, uh, the Eagles stuck him in the shower to uh, to get the perfect <laughs> residence for it. And uh, to me, I think he nails it here. <laughs> wow. Uncanny. I almost like his version better. Yeah, I do too, because it's a real voice. Yeah. He has a voice pretty of an angel. Spot, it's pretty spot on. And yeah, like, <laughs> pretty spot on. This is, this is like, better like, than the original. If, if you didn't tell people this was an Eagles undrafted free agent, they would have thought you just took the... Wait, here's the best part. Vocals. Go birds, right yeah. at the end. So they, wow, he's which, a songbird. Which confirms to me now that the Eagles are going 19-0. Because like that, yeah, just, just to have wow. this as a part of that. So uh, 
fellas, any 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 songs that you would feel comfortable in the shower that you could absolutely nail, like in a team like shower, no. Park? No, no, <laughs> not in, in your own shower. In your own shower. None. Know. Really? Eagles fly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fly eagles fly. Yeah, I guess. yeah. There, there you go. Right, well, if there's a if there's a song that you know you could nail in the shower, I'd love to hear from you too. Eight 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 seven two nine ninety four. Think about that. Ninety four. It's good to Matt out there in uh, Palo Alto. What's up, Matt? Hey, how you doing? Good morning from uh, beautiful seventy eight degree Palo Alto. I'm here with my son Owen. Hi. Hi, we Owen. Are, hey, uh, what's up, Owen? Owen? We're, we're driving to football practice. He plays running back and and defensive back. Excellent. We're listening to this conversation about the Australian rugby player. Yeah. And I and I'm trying to explain to him to a nine year old boy how 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 do you basically use two draft picks right this year and a trade up next year for a guy that literally has never played football, never touched a football, when then you have a running back like Josh Adams who he's not Saquon Barkley but he played in the same league. Well, they got both of them. They got both of them. Well, man. I'm saying, how does one guy, how does one guy work two draft picks and the other guy's a UFA? Well, because well, because here's here's the thing on that. First of all, it's a seventh round pick, right? So that's nothing but flyer picks anyway. You know that there's going to be a ton of UDFA running backs in this class, and it just kind of how it is every year. They're pretty much set there. What they don't have right now is some guy that you could just go, okay, he's going to be our permanent left tackle. Uh, for the next d- decade, right? So why not take a chance while J- you still have Jason Peters, while you still have Big V? And also, I mean, you already, you already took an offensive lineman that is a more traditional guy who, and when I say traditional, I mean play the game of football yeah, yeah. Uh, th- right in front of you. Plus, they, they also did that uh, during the, the undrafted free agent period as well. They s- signed some guys there. So just bet on the athleticism and bet on that, that Jeff Stoutland uh, is is going to turn this guy into that so he doesn't get into a bargaining war with uh, with the so rest of the teams that are doing there. And so the other so the other thing, Matt, you don't was, think that Howie did. So sorry to interrupt. You don't think that Howie did it just like just to get us talking about it because we had a pretty thin draft this year. This is a fun thing. Or you really think this guy has potential? Well, I think the thing with that, Matt, is that part of part of right. Josh Adams specifically, Phil, I don't know if you saw this, he wasn't even participating in rookie minicamp yesterday. Mm-hmm. He has a foot issue, so that's kind of something that kind of tanked his stock and a reason why he fell specifically. But when it comes to your your question here about Mylotta and why the Eagles gave up, and it was only a 2017 or a 2019, sorry, seventh-round pick that they gave up, and they already had two of them, so you're, you know, you're, you're not going to be able to roster all those guys really anyway. So they felt like it was worth it. They felt like it was worth it because in the seventh round, I think they would rather just swing for the fences than bring in this guy who, okay, we know what he is. Uh, it's a safe seventh-round pick. I think they'd rather – they have this roster, and they're thinking, no, we don't need to be safe because we already have this roster set. Uh, like being Making a safe pick doesn't do a whole lot for us. Why not swing for the fences because we have the luxury to do that? Mm-hmm. I think he's kicking mule 2.0, but we'll see. It should be fun. I think Kick, kicking, gonna... kicking mule 2.0? Is that what he said? The little kid was about to say something. Yeah, John, you cut off Owen. Well, right? let's, I mean, Owen was in the distance here. I'm sorry, Owen. How, was, how you cut in... off Owen, man? <laughs> Owen had his moment. He was about to take his moment. <laughs> it's just, I didn't know. And we he were... was cut off. Listen, it's Call my, back, it's, Owen. It's my fault. We want to hear what you, Owen has Owen, to say. Owen, if you want it, we'll, we'll bring you right back on, pal. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> uh, but there's, you know, BLG, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, this is this is why it's uh, uh, you know, a, p- a part of all it's that. It's probably not going to work out. That's the honest truth. Yeah, like, it probably won't. Yeah. Chances are it won't. But if it does, it would be amazing. It would be it, awesome. It would be great. And that's, Six, eight. and that's why you do it. What's what's Josh Adams going to be so special that you need to take him in the seventh round? He could be fine. 
Yeah, right? but like yeah. he's you could get a, a ton of guys like that. They just got Corey Clement last year. There's a Josh Adams in every draft. There is not a Jordan Mailata in every draft. And I don't think this team has to worry about getting into bidding wars when it comes to free agency because once you once the Philadelphia Eagles calls your agent or calls these particular players returning Super Bowl champs, everybody's signing up for that. Yeah, and he's from Bucks County. But with undrafted free agents, there is the argument to be made that this is a very set roster. Not yeah. as many players want to come to a place where they have less of an opportunity Which to make the team. Is what Joe Douglas of them, had, at the very least, will just make practice. Joe squad. Douglas had said that during the uh, the process, the pre-draft yeah, process but as the, well. The problem with that is they only had five picks. You know what I mean? Uh, so yeah. like that's another thing. Like they didn't have a full set of draft class. And the other thing is that why did the Eagles win the Super Bowl? It wasn't just because like they had these star players. It's like you had yeah, guys like incredible. Yeah. Corey Clement coming out of nowhere. Like he had good coaching, developed mm-hmm. into a good player. If you're an undrafted free agent, why wouldn't you look at that and be like, I could be Corey Clement? Exactly. Yeah. And and uh, that's going to be interesting too, because along with Josh Adams. It's getting pretty squishy there in the uh, with the running back position. We'll uh, definitely tackle that. And uh, Rocco, thank you for letting me know. Actually, Slippery Rock is is where Ian's from. I was thinking of my good friend Ray Bolden, who's here on a tryout basis from Stony Brook. So I lumped those two together. Mm-hmm. Slippery Rock, you know, it's, it's, it's Stony Brook. It's all the same thing, right? Eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four. There was some other news because uh, along with the Eagles going along and trying to find. Maybe a little more uh, depth at the defensive tackle. They haven't signed anybody yet, but uh, they signed a new running back. Who is he? Why'd they do it? Why is he here? And uh, what's uh, what's the story with Sproles and the rest of the gang as we'll get all into that. Trey Thomas, Brandon Lee Gowton from BleedingGreenNation.com. Of course, I'm John Barchard right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. 94 WIP FM HD1 Philadelphia. From the Tasty Cake Studios, this is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Matt Jones makes his way to Philadelphia after stops at uh, Washington and Indianapolis. And now uh, the Philadelphia Eagles... Have a lot of running backs again. So uh, it's interesting, too, because, you know, Matt Jones looks like a guy who should have it together. I consider him like the new Christine Michael because everybody thought Christine Michael is going to be, oh, that guy can ball. You just give him an opportunity and he can ball. And I I heard a lot of Eagles fans saying that, too, uh, even last year, because, you know, he went on waiver wire and the Colts ended up picking him up. But they were everybody was so confused. Why wouldn't you take a chance on Matt Jones? Well, I would say. Uh, fumbling the football is probably a good a good one. Another is it's not that great, you know. So I was I was pretty confused by it. And again, uh, you know, kiss the ring. I'm not saying I understand we can't really. It's it's hard to criticize any move these guys make. But this was kind of a head scratcher, at least for me, BLG, because although they're uh, sure different coaching, sometimes right fit, right guy. We've seen that before with um, with many different examples, and not just in Philadelphia. Why Matt Jones, though? That's I, I I don't know. Well, part of the reason when Doug Peterson was asked about this is uh, the Eagles still have to think about injuries here. Darren Sproul is still coming off that ACL. Mm-hmm. Jay Ajayi's had a knee issue. You know, that's why we always say he's not going to be resigned. Doug cited both of those things as reasons why they kind of need these extra backs in camp. Uh, I think they just want competition, too, for that number that number four spot. And Matt Jones is a guy I think worth taking a shot on. He was a former, what, third or fourth round draft pick yep. a couple years ago. 
interestingly enough, Scott McLuhan, who's now this is the guy who picked him in Washington, certainly so take it for what it's worth. Well, don't don't say that too loudly because we got emails that saying, "Don't you dare say anything bad about Scott McLuhan." Well, it's funny. I mean, well, I'm just saying it's his own player. You yeah, like him or dislike of him. Of yes. course, he's going to praise his own player. But he did say in, a, in response to someone who was asking him who was like one of the most criminally underrated players in the NFL, he could have said anyone. And he said Matt Jones. So that's a little interesting. You know, that he still believes in this guy and and there's talent there. It's just that this guy fumbles a lot. I think it's eight fumbles and and 20 games played. You know, it's almost not half great. your games played. That's yes, yeah, not good. Uh, it's, it's hard to see. Uh, I, I think you look at that situation and you might be like oh well Washington's offensive line wasn't great well that's not necessarily true yeah and uh certainly the, not you, true. you brought look who they brought in after him like uh fat rob you know was having success it wasn't like certainly. it was just you know a bunch of running backs were going there and and doing nothing so I, I don't have high expectations I think it's worth a look in camp here he's a guy that's the thing you look at the guys they've brought in this offseason they're all kind of guys with that like but like you look at Mark Sweeten probably not going to work out but I'd rather kind of have him than just some you know some like 20 you know some guy who's on the, the back end of his career there's like no upside there they're taking shots on these guys even like a Mark Marques Wilson who they took a shot on from the Bears yes. these depth players like there's been some intrigue there you can at least be like oh that's interesting they'll probably turn out to be nothing but hey, maybe something happens. Maybe there's an injury, and we have him here, and you know it's worth a look. It's BGN Radio eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four. John Barchard, Brandon Lee Gout, and of course Trey Thomas here, and we're going to stick with him on this too. What is it like when? And maybe you, I don't know how many times you've you've had to experience that in your entire career, but there's a lot of competition on, on offensive line or at left tackle. Uh, certainly, they knew you were the solidified starter. I don't think your job was ever in question. But was there a time where they drafted, where they signed, where they brought in a bunch of guys in and went, okay, did you ever get a message of like, man, I need to step my game up here? Well, I know that they drafted Winston Justice to probably kind of take over, um, you know, uh, take over my position. Yeah. Um, but that just didn't work out. And then, <laughs> and, then, and, say, and then the Giants game happened. Yeah, and then, yeah. then the yeah. Giants happened. And yeah. then, you and know, like, whew, I'm all good. right, I'm I get good. another year. All right, <laughs> we get to finish out my contract. You know, but, um, you know, it, it, you can't worry about that. You know, you have to kind of just stay focused on what you need to do. Make sure you prepare. Because, I mean, every every offseason, they're going to draft players to come in and, and – um, Either they're bringing it in to, to have extra bodies or they're bringing someone in. And they're always looking for replacements. You never yeah. know. It could be a free agent that just comes out there and balls. You just never know. So, you know, yeah. yeah. So you just have to kind of just stay focused, have your blinders on, and just come in and, and do what you have to do. You know, stay focused on your job. How do confident are you? Well, I even shouldn't say confident. What's Donnell Pumphrey's chances of making this squad, Trey? I don't know. You know, he. He's gonna have to really show himself this year. Yeah, you know this is the, this is that year that if you really want to um, stay on this squad, you're gonna have to really show yourself this um this off season. You're really gonna have to prove yourself this off season, and uh, you know we'll see how it starts picking it up as you as we get into uh, uh, the preseason games. Yeah, BLG. I mean, I know that the, the Doug had mentioned him like during the press. Oh yeah, looking looking real great in the in the off season mm. and things like that. And you know, I you look at this thing and you're like, all right, well it's it's Darren Sproles, it's Jay Ajayi, it's Corey Clement. Yeah, and, uh, and and it's amazing to me that we're in, the, of course it's an off-season off conversation, but even more so, like, we actually care about who the fourth running back is going to be on this team because last year you and I are sitting there, and I even made the statement, if you have five running backs, you have no running backs. And that ended up being wrong, but well, uh, kind of. But they still Not traded exactly. for one. Corey yeah. got his thing, and, you know, LeGarrette Blank got out of a shell and, and started really killing it here. So, 
it's obvious to me of, of, of two things. They will never draft a running back again. That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and until they, they absolutely have to. I think they're going to, and if they hit on Josh Adams too, I mean, good lord, they're they're, they're really not going to do that. Mm-hmm. But who is going to be that that fourth guy in your mind? Well, the thing with Donnell Pumphrey too, and you know, look, the Eagles front office and Howie Roseman, they've made so many good moves that it's really hard to uh, look at the bad ones and be like, oh, this is. Yeah. But I mean, look, Donald Pumphrey, they traded up for him in the fourth round. It's not just that, you know, they took him there. Like they traded up for that guy. And he doesn't, need, to this point, he hasn't looked like a guy who really, you know, we know for sure belongs in the league yeah. because he's so small. Mm-hmm. There's no really precedent of a guy being that small. And look, you, you can say Darren Sproles, but they're just not the same player at all. I mean, like Darren Sproles is a mini tank. Yeah. Donald Pumphrey's a thin, like he's yeah. small and he's thin. Like the build yeah. is totally not the same. So I really have to see it to believe it with him. And I, I think the fact that, you know, they do bring in Josh Adams, they do bring in Matt Jones. And look, you might think this is trivial, <laughs> but I was looking through the Eagles new Jersey numbers that they yeah. gave out. And there's certain players who share their numbers with other players. You know, a lot of them are kind of at the bottom <laughs> uh-huh. of the roster. All right. Yeah. Humphrey's one of those guys who's sharing a number. So oh. like, who's he sharing it with? Uh, I forget now off the top of my head, but it's, I think it's like one of the, I think it might be like Chandon Sullivan or something. Oh, man. The, yeah. It's, it, yeah. Like, so all right. you look at all the other guys who are sharing numbers. They're all like undrafted free agents. They're bottom of the roster guys. Yeah. And mm. then he's in there and he was a draft pick. And I was like, you know, maybe uh, I'm reading too much into that, but I was like, eh, oh no, not you're the not best reading sign. too much yeah. into that. <laughs> not the best sign. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's it's not great. So, like, you know, uh, and on top of that, like, you already have, and, and certainly you got to look past Darren Sproles in what I'm assuming now officially, officially would be his last year after his kind of playing retirement the year before. Mm. Wants to wants to feel and do that. So, sure, there might be some long term things that are going in there, but uh, you know, it, it, at the end of the day, one of these guys has to be able to return. Yeah, you know, and it's it's amazing to me that we don't even mention Smallwood after he was one of the guys that came out like gangbusters in training camp, and you're like, that's the best looking running back that the Eagles have, and he's the farthest thing from it. From what, what the last time he saw incredible real action was what week two in, against Kansas City, maybe even a little before the you know I can't not, even remember. Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm saying. Like, know, you know, yeah. So uh, the Chargers game, I think the the only thing that he's got one, he's got experience in the system. Mm-hmm. It's obvious. That Deuce likes him a lot, but yeah. you know the same thing with Eli Corey a lot. It turned into that, and uh, but the only the, he can return, and we've seen him return before mm-hmm. on kickoffs. Mm-hmm. I think that's the difference maker between any of those guys making the roster. I really do. I don't. Yeah. I don't uh, in, uh, unless you're. Uh, d- d- I don't know unless you're beating somebody out for that fourth or fifth spot. I don't think this is a year as as we've been discussing here. Though, is this a time where you don't necessarily? needs to keep four or five running backs on the roster because you have, you know, other places where you could mm-hmm. enjoy the spoils of being a Super Bowl champion, like we were mentioning defensive line. Do they even keep four or five running backs this year? It depends on how everybody else develops, I guess. You know, uh, with Jernigan going down, that's definitely going to affect some numbers that, that you would see somewhere else. Um, uh, it, <laughs> It depends on what you get out of receivers. Yeah. Uh, it depends on what Jason Peters, how, how he's going to come back. Even Jordan Hicks with the linebacker position. Just seeing how, how those players are going to develop. So, you know, it's really hard to say. Yeah, it's kind of kind of more wait and see. But uh, and they injury, go luxury injuries anywhere else. too, right? Yeah. I mean, like you have to think, again, like I said, Sproles coming off the ACL. Yeah, yeah. Ajayi having that knee issue where they kind of mm-hmm. have to like manage that throughout the year. I almost think you have to keep four because of that. Because like these guys could easily be out. And then... 
Sproles isn't a full time player anyway. Like you're not mm-hmm. counting. Like if you know someone goes down, you're not ideally trying to count on him in that. So I think, I think, and I think the talent will be there. I keep saying that. I think one of these guys is really going to step up. I think, yeah, because they have to. Like mm-hmm. this is Smallwood's last chance with this team. Yeah, it could be Donnell Pumphrey's very well be his last chance to make this main roster. Matt Jones, it could be his last chance in the NFL at all. And That's then right. Josh Adams, it's, your third time it's not necessarily his last chance because he's undrafted free agent, but you know, you're never going to be your only chance. Yeah, it could yeah. be your yeah. only yeah. chance. Yeah. So yeah. I think those guys have a lot to fight for. Uh, 888-729-9494. Certainly uh, want to get uh, all of your uh, reasons for rookie impacts this year and what's going to be the most beneficial to the Eagles. And certainly, uh, you know, we kind of are curious how this this fourth running back race uh, ends up in uh, in your mind as we go to Tom in Abington. What's up, Tom? John, how are you today? Good, buddy. How are you? I'm good. Trey, always a pleasure. All right. Hey, Bill. <laughs> Tom, Tom, I'm already angry. Right on cue. You, you don't want to make me angry. <laughs> nah, as always, I love you, my man. Um, Thanks, bud. Yeah, so I got a nickname I think could be good for my life. Oh, good. I love but it. As far as who I expect uh, to see some impact from rookie-wise, I got one word for you. Mm-hmm. Yes, sweat. Sweat. Yes. Yeah, I think Douglas and I think sweat. Douglas has a knack for undrafted free agents and guys that have injuries that slip down. Uh, I expect to see a lot from Sidney Jones this year as well. Oh, so yeah, so do I. That's that's. Yeah. I, I'm I'm really really excited to uh, to see him out there. And then you have the great thing about this time for him. It's almost it's almost like it's it's an even better situation to step into because, like we said, the defensive line depth is massive so mm-hmm. you know it's it's helping him out and and hopefully he can turn around like you know game six seven and help the defensive line out as well yes sir yes sir okay so as far as a nickname uh i may yeah. be reaching but I, i've been known to reach before <laughs> so let's say uh call him the factory the factory the factory the factory that built the fridge oh nice okay the, the factory fa- or the or fridge. you know tom what i was thinking was the freezer because you know, he's like a solid block. Because he's not all. He's not just a little that. too, little too close to the fridge. <laughs> That's true. The factory, though, I kind of, <laughs> I, I kind of like that. Maybe we'll we'll play we'll play around yeah, with that. He builds he builds all the appliances. You guys have a good day. <laughs> you do, right. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, what do you guys think of the factory? I don't know. It's too much explanation for your nickname. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I agree. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the guy that tweeted you and said the Barbie earlier. Yeah, the Barbie's kind of good. I, I really like that. And then if it turns out that he can actually grill, you can just call him the <laughs> Grill Master. <laughs> <laughs> just like you, you can know, put shrimps on a Barbie. Here's Barbie little twenty. Put the together another three. booming yeah. onion. <laughs> <laughs> the blooming onion. Oh my god, the blooming onions. Kind of oh my god, no, we cannot call him the blooming onion. Uh, I don't know. Let's leave it. Let's leave it up to a vote. Can't call him shrimp. Blooming yeah. onion. Yay or nay at BGN underscore radio. <laughs> if you're on the Twitter dot com. One guy that we haven't talked about much. Speaking of rookie impact, I certainly want to want to keep talking about running backs as well. Listen, I think the the chance to make the biggest impact on this roster is Avante Maddox. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean. Uh, it would have been really nice to, and I can't believe I'm actually saying this. It would have been really nice to have Patrick Robinson back, and and if you would have told me that yeah. going into the season last year, as I already declared uh, Washington being up fourteen to nothing in the middle of training camp, uh, you know, before Week One started, that you know what we're all we all missed the mark on that. But mm. 
Uh, if if uh, uh, what are you saying? You had you had him pegged there. I the, said I didn't want to just hand the job over to Rizul Douglas. I did say that. Wow, well, that's just. I mean, you didn't. Yeah, I, did, did I hear the words that are out of your mouth? Patrick Robinson's going to play at a Pro Bowl level this I year. I think I said that. All right, fair enough. We'll have to go and check the tape on that. But uh, to me, this is a guy that has just great closing speed. I, I'm really curious what he does against bigger bodied receivers and. Uh, I don't think he he cuts as well as as maybe some of the others have been polished to kind of do and turn their hips and do all that. Avante Maddox, to me, will either kind of have the—I think he could have a very large impact in how the secondary plays because of the way Darby kind of goes in there, because of the way Sidney Jones is— you know, is very much a, a press guy and is linked out. You need a guy in there that you know you can just leave alone and go, cool, you're in it. Uh, the Eagles are, what, close to 52, 53, 54% playing in, in nickel uh, in their Robin, packages? Robinson had 69% of the snaps last yeah, year. Very nice number, yeah. uh, that is. So that's that's even a larger amount. Uh, Avante Maddox is, uh, and that's the other thing, too. I don't even know who the competition is going to be at, at the nickel slot other than him and Jalen Mills. And and what do you do it or Rasul Douglas, which I think would be a terrible idea. But I, I, who who's competing with Avante Maddox? That's that's the question we haven't answered yet. Yeah, I think uh, it's those two guys are the obvious names that jump out: Jalen Mills, mm-hmm. Avante Maddox. You could be looking at maybe like a Jeremy Reeves mixing in there. He did All some right. of that in college at South Alabama. Uh, that's a guy to watch in there as an undrafted free agent. Um, Malcolm Jenkins obviously plays there when it's kind of a bigger slot guy, like a Jordan Reed, you know, or like a Larry Fitzgerald. He kind of is able to fill in there as well. So maybe that's what you do at that point. You kind of have a slot by committee. Uh, I think that's what, you know, the Eagles were kind of almost going to do last year before Robinson really just stepped up and took the job. I think Maddox is an interesting player. I mean, he has that chance to really, the the opportunity's there for For sure. Like, no doubt about it. If he steps up and he wins that job, it's there for him. There's no one really like blocking him. Uh, particularly, and especially you were talking about returner earlier. I mean, that's another spot where, now, if you have Darren Sproles, he's going to be your punt returner. Absolutely. But he could get some looks there in the preseason, like for the future, I'm saying, like in his career, that could be a spot where he also really earns his time on this team. And look, the the wild card, I would say, for the slot position would be Sidney Jones. I don't think it's impossible that he could see some playing time there, especially if the Eagles are trying. They have all these corners. They have Ronald Darby, Jalen Mills. You just brought Avante Maddox to the mix. Rizal Douglas is still here, as you yeah. said. Do you experiment with him? Now, John, I don't know. Now, what's your comp- what's your uh, comparison here again for, for Sidney Jones? You've compared it to uh, a similar player One, in this city. Ben Simmons, well, the and, anticipation and, for here, Here's yeah. the thing about that. If that happens, then he doesn't have a shot. Oh, come on. Uh, I got I got to tell you, BLG You've been working on that one. <laughs> just I had just, to do it. Just uh, off to the side here. BLG needs a diaper change every time that Ben Simmons is brought up and a shot is brought up like it's never going to happen again and he literally is not going to work on it. And I can't wait until he's uh, he's secretly along cuz I don't think you say that publicly. So I wanted that out there. I think you say it in the text thread. I want him to improve his shot. Yes. And if he does, that I'll be, be nice. that'll be great. He's going to. He needs it. He's going to. We'll that's, see. that's what I'm going to say. I hope He's it does. Did, I, I might have missed if you mentioned him. Did you mention Jordan Thomas out of Oklahoma? We didn't. I, think, I didn't. That's another possibility. He, I think yeah. he has. Uh, I, I love Avante Maddox. I think he's the best candidate of the new guys to take that slot job. But Jordan Thomas has some real potential. Yeah. And he also went up. You know, I, I don't know if I like his technique quite as much and his intensity quite as much as Avante Maddox, but he went up against good competition playing at Oklahoma. 
I think he's got a great shot to make the roster, and he could be a contributor. And you mentioned Jeremy Reeves. Yeah. You look, I mean, he didn't have a good last two years, but you look at his, uh, his sophomore season in college, man, he was good. Oh yeah, he was really, really good. Uh, the, that's th- at safety, not a cornerback. I, right. I know it's always silly to get uh, pretty pumped about UDFA's, but like they did a really good job in terms of the, the really high potential guys, and, and even to counter uh, what Moshe was saying earlier, and, and especially what uh, more to your point, people want to go there. You know, I, I feel like they uh, there, there's value charts and things like that with UDFA's, which is all completely subjective, but uh, I think the Eagles were second or third in, in picking up the value in terms of like athletic ability and where they got them and all that stuff. It's a, it's a pretty impressive group uh, just to just to see uh, if they're worth anything. Let's go to Ken in Greensboro. What's up, Ken? Hey, guys. How you doing? Doing all good. Right. John. Yes, sir. Uh, Trey Thomas. Uh, pleasure to meet you guys. All right. Um, so I got some nicknames for my Lotta. Oh, I'm good. not sure sure if they're gonna fly too well considering oh, yeah. the dude's built like a six foot eight gargoyle <laughs> before you uh, the, the professor protron uh, on the uh, on the twitter.com at bgn underscore radio just changed it said that the blooming onion to the booming onion don't know if that moves <laughs> anybody else onion. but ken uh, ken what's your suggestion so I, I like um i saw i got bouncer we got tank rhino oh. zeus <laughs> that was my nickname in high school. Zeus? Zeus. Really? <laughs> yeah. I had it cut in the back of my head and everything. Oh, really? Yeah, it was ridiculous. We got to see some pictures. Can we, of that. Is, yeah. can we, is there a way to recreate that now? Yeah, no. Yeah. Can you put it, wait, you can I put it in the beard. It, I can't get it to grow enough, you know. The, hel- the helmet rubbed me pretty bad. Just put it in the beard <laughs> somewhere. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. The, uh, yeah. Rhino, I could uh, kind of, if he spears somebody, yeah, I'm down with that. Yeah. Like Deadlift, cannon, nightmare. Um, it's like trying to figure out the rest of the Any uh, packages or anything since uh, we can call them like bull shark or something since bull sharks is one of the most dangerous animals in Australia. Oh, okay. The bull shark. He's an aborigine. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I got one for Donnell Pumphrey, believe it or not. Oh, if boy. he does well, if he makes the team. Okay. You can call him, call him pump action, like a shotgun. Uh, <laughs> yeah. lined up in the shotgun. That, yeah, yeah I'm, uh, I'll, that'll definitely be on uh, all his Instagram stories. Which, by the way, Donald Pumphrey is. Uh, have you, seen, you guys seen his Instagram? It's weird. Like yeah. it's just like it, I. I don't. It's just uh, a lot of uh, a lot of staring faces, and then turning the camera, and then suddenly there's a beautiful girl there. I don't know. Good for him. It's just. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I guess I gotta check it out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah check it out. <laughs> I love it. Uh, and pump action though. That could work. Eight 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 seven two nine ninety. Yeah. <laughs> 94, pound 94, 94, and Verizon ATT sells. Which rookies are going to make the biggest impact in your mind? And you believe Matt Jones can kind of stick in here? We'll get to all of it right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Some other good, uh, uh, pretty good uh, nicknames coming in for Jordan uh, Mailata. Cliff Tuckerson also mentioned uh, the Big Bang Theory. The Big Bang Theory. That kind of works because in theory, you know, should be a, be a something. Uh, and then Moshe chimed in. What He he had a nickname already? I, I guess it was 
It was on some Australian news site. I had to get a subscription to read the whole thing, so obviously I didn't do that. He apparently, while playing rugby, was nicknamed The Thunder from Down Under. Oh, no. Which can be shortened to just Thunder, which would be kind of cool. Yeah, let's do that, because Thunder from Down Under is a male review strip club thing. (laughs) (laughs) Or, like, I think a wrestler, well, I don't know. It sounds like a wrestler should have been named at at one point. Another idea I had, I looked up, animals native to australia because the only thing i could think of was the kangaroo yeah. and then i was looking through and it's a lot of small animals and then a kangaroo call you know calling him roo or kangaroo could work because they're powerful animals you know he'd protect carson wentz in his pouch it works not Man. really but yeah. maybe i think uh i think you need to go to the bathroom or something because that's, <laughs> that's where that take belongs my goodness go with that's not a knife this is a knife <laughs> <laughs> that's not a knife. uh uh, BGN Radio's own Vince Quinn also chiming is like the only nickname for Jordan Mulata is Hakuda Mulata, which again, what is going on here? Here's here. I got one that's, for you. That's too confusing. I, I just came to you. Ready for this? Practice squad. How's that sound? Yeah. <laughs> going to be it. something like that. Uh, BGN Radio 888-729-9494. Uh, Trey Thomas, Bradley Gout, John Barchard all here uh, with you and it's kind of been uh, some interesting uh, notes and headlines on uh, BleedingGreenNation.com this week, BLG. Apparently, Cortland Sutland, my baby boy, who is not in Dallas, thank goodness he's in Denver, but uh, if the Eagles would have stayed at 32, he was going to be a part of the decision of picks that they were going to make between that and, and, and you know, Dallas Goddard and a, and, a, and a bunch of others. He wasn't the only one. He wasn't the guy that they were going to select, but certainly kind of interesting that they were still on the radar, despite that, I mean, Obviously, they made the right move. You get a second-round pick in 2019. You still get the, one of the guys that you wanted out there. What do you think the difference would have been between Dallas Goddard and Cortland Sutland being here? Yeah, I think, well, first of all, I think, you know, you look at that rumor. It makes some sense. They brought in Sutton for a visit. They met with him at the Combine. They showed a lot of interest in him. Cortland Sutton himself said the Eagles are showing way more interest. interest in me than, like, any other team. So <laughs> yeah. I think there was some legitimacy to that. But I'm fine. I mean, I, I really like what they did instead of doing that. I think... The, the, the thing with that was that you can't just assume there's going to be a trading partner always for you to trade down from because everyone knew the Eagles wanted to trade down. Maybe there's no one worth their trading up for some teams. It, it worked out that Lamar Jackson was there for the Ravens and it made sense for them. Certainly. And, and the Eagles got this 2019 second round pick. They moved up seven spots in the, four, uh, the fourth round, which helped them get Avante Maddox where they did it at 125. So overall, I think, you know, you look at that and it's kind of a no-brainer in terms of value that you got. I think that's that right there is one of the strengths of Howie Roseman. He identified that, look, I could get Courtland Sutton here, and that's a fine pick, but I could get Dallas Goddard and still have a big impact here. Because, look, if I get Courtland Sutton, he's not going to play a ton. Right. We have Mike Wallace here. We have Alshon here. Uh, and that similar kind of skill set, too, Definitely. there and Aguilar. So you're not going to get that. Like it's, it's, I don't think it's a huge difference, so why not just move back I get the value. I get that future pick. I get the guy. I would probably be happy if not take, like if Corton Sutton wasn't there, they could have taken Dallas Goddard there. But instead, he read the board the correct way. He figured, no, I can wait. Let's get some more value first. And now you, you, it's the situation where you can have your cake and eat it too. Yeah. And this is what's great about, you know, especially with, with this. And it's weird that I, not even for the value purposes, but I, I, I like this so much better. You know, because there wasn't, you still had Wallace to compete with, like you said. Mac Collins is still coming up through here. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey is here for the foreseeable future. Nelson Aguilar is going to be here. Your mm-hmm. wide receiving core is pretty much set 
yeah. for the most part. You're grooming a guy to do that already. Mm-hmm. So to have to have Dallas here and to have a you know a second round 2019 pick is is awesome. But just out of curiosity, Trey, would you rather you know a Cortland Sutton kind of a wide receiver thing, or did the Dallas Goddard is is makes a lot more sense? Yeah, now. I'm good with Dallas. Yeah, I, I, I'm good with Dallas because I mean, and also you needed a. a a blocking tight end that could get it done also, you know, uh, someone that can kind of help you out in, in, in those rings. Because I, I don't see uh, Billy Brown being that guy that's going to be blowing guys off the ball, you know. <laughs> so, and hopefully Dallas can kind of fill in that role a little bit and kind of help with solidifying the edge rush or, or even when it comes to run blocking because uh, Zach Hurts is not your guy when it comes to, you know, blocking. But also Dallas can also make some plays. So I just I, – I, I like the pick. Yeah, and just like we keep saying before, I mean, it really does. And by the way, there's there's a lot of people, not BLG not included, our own Ben Livingston here at the station has got to walk back a bunch of takes oh, after man. after that long debate because the first, the first pick that they did was a tight end. And it just, listen, I think it it is, uh, I, I don't want to necessarily say that, that uh, you know, I mean, football is always evolving and sometimes it reverts back into itself and mm-hmm. finds old stuff, new stuff again. I, that's how I feel. Feel is is where everything is is changing to, um, and I don't know if it was th- this kind of throws that theory into a loop a little bit because if they would have went with with Cortland to find an impact wide receiver, but to me, getting Dallas here, excuse me, Philly here, uh, and, and controlling basically what the Patriots have been able to do for a very long time uh, with uh, with Gronk and with everybody else, mm-hmm. uh, controlling the middle of the field is going is is what. The Eagles are striving for now, like, and it's going to make make you forget about a lot of the different weapons that are on this team, including Wallace, including Darren Sproles, who we've we've talked about uh, a little bit here. Um, it does the does that impact BLG kind of uh, allow other? Guys, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Does Dallas take the way take the attention away uh, of anybody else and allow them to get open? Well, I think it kind of just goes to what they did last year and and how well they spread the ball. I mean. The thing that was so incredible in part about the Eagles' success is it wasn't they weren't relying. And I said this earlier in the show on just that one star player. They didn't what they didn't have a thousand yard receiver. They didn't have a thousand yard rusher. There wasn't like this main guy who is the centerpiece, other than Carson Wentz, obviously earlier in the season as a quarterback. But in terms of skill players, you just didn't have that one guy. And I think that's what Dallas Goddard helps you to continue to do. This is going to be a offense where you spread the ball around, everyone gets involved, they share the targets. I think it's going to be very similar to what it was last year. And look, it's important depth as well. I mean, they can't under can't underrate that part because, and that's why I am on board with it too. Especially because when you had Zach Ertz go down in the Denver game, and even he had to leave the Seattle game early. I know they didn't win that one, but uh, the Rams game, where he was out the next game after that. I mean, those were like I remember thinking before that game, once it was known that he was going to be out, I was like, man, that sucks. Like, this, they could lose this game now because that earlier in the season, especially, Zach Ertz was that go-to guy in the offense. He was the leading receiver. He's a, certainly a, a very important part of this team. And now with Selleck being gone and Burton being gone, you don't have that safety blanket because Zach Ertz went out last season and those guys stepped in, didn't even right miss away. a beat. So that's not going to be the same situation this year if they didn't address that position so you have Goddard in there now. I think that gives you really important depth there, and I, I'm looking forward to it. And, you know, Trey had brought it up already, but it's interesting how Billy Brown went from like, oh, you got to look out for him to, uh, well, uh, did you pro- probably won't even 
he doesn't even make it as as tight end three now because you have uh, well, he's a they're, shot. They're both. Yeah. I, I take that back because uh, in in my mind, for some dumb reason, I think Richard Rodgers can actually block, and he can't. Uh, so that that's that's kind of a, another thing that's that's a little. Uh, well, it also kind of tells you where the NFL is going too. I mean, you have you have three guys who can catch the ball that that don't really block that well. And Dallas is, although he's shown the willingness to it, it's certainly not polished uh, mm-hmm. by any means. But he wants to make that contact in there, so. You know, it's. I, I guess when it when it comes to stuff like that, and certainly no one would be surprised if if Billy Brown or Richard Rodgers don't make this team. Trey, do you think that there's anybody on this roster right now that would be a little bit of a surprise that has a a chance of not making this squad, or do you think that they're pretty much set in and built in, and there won't be any any weird surprise cuts this year? Uh not really. Uh, I, I guess you know we've already talked about Pumphrey. Because uh, our own Benjamin Solak thinks it's not a lock for Darren Sproles to make the roster, which I which I think is <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. Hey, you hear that Solak? Yeah, listen to that. I, would, I wish you could just see Trey's face. It's like what? Blank stare. <laughs> Sproles not make the yeah. team, man. Come on, yeah. man. Yeah, Thank you. right. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah. I, yeah. Yes, I, I don't think you have to worry about Sproles. You know, making the team. Um, I, I really don't know. I mean, this 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 squad is pretty stacked, man, and yeah. everybody's pretty solid. I, I I don't know. I really don't know. Um, BLG, any thoughts on uh, on any surprise roster cuts? Oh, we're talking about cuts. We're well, or just trades. not making the team, or whatever, or trades, or whatever. Say Nick Foles. No, um, <laughs> there he goes. No, again. I was just kidding. That's a joke. Um, it, it's tough. I mean. I guess, like, is Shelton Gibson getting cut surprising? Probably not. Not really. Not really. You're, they're looking at some of those guys. I don't think it's anyone. Um, I don't. Th- it's a it's a different spot this year. I mean, Michael Kendricks. Yeah, uh, sure. Again, that's not really surprising. Yeah. I think either, even if that happened. Um, Which was actually we explained on the podcast. There's no. I mean, it's just irresponsible to hold on to him. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Like, you think Howie Roseman, knowing that he's tied up against the cap, is paying seven point six million, which is the eighth highest cap figure on the team seventh or eighth to a guy who's going to play like at most 50 percent of the snaps yeah i don't i don't see it yeah no neither do i so yeah. I, I mean besides the the trades and and that's where it is like where are where are the cuts going to come where are they going to be you know uh really kind of tightening up the fat here and where they're going to keep uh some of that on i still go back to that like i don't don't you think that this is a point in time where they can have the luxury of hanging on to a bunch of defensive line guys when normally you probably wouldn't, and it, and it it might not be we're measuring that against running backs, but certainly against you know wide receivers. I think that's another thing that mm-hmm. Dallas provides you is is you don't have to keep Sheldon Gibson, you don't have to go with six, you can go with five. You know, maybe at that point mm-hmm. in in a in a roster spot, could you see that happening at all? You know, where they're trimming down on wide receivers versus uh, defensive line, possibly. Yeah. You know, it it just depends on how everybody develops, how how everybody picks up the system, um, who's going to show up, who's going to fall off, who's been, you know, enjoying the 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 off season the a little too circuits. much. Yeah, yeah you know, <laughs> so it, it all depends. Then you just never know who's going to get hurt. You know, injuries are always going to pop up, so you just never know how it's going to play. How much truth do you think there is, Trey, in like keeping the best fifty-three? Because the coaches always say that they're like we got to yeah. keep the. It's not about keeping four running backs. It's about keeping the best fifty-three. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You're gonna <laughs> you do have the to best fifty-three. That's gonna yeah. give you the depth that you need. Right. Yeah, you know, and that's gonna cover your tail. You know, because you don't want to go in there with 
not enough offensive linemen. Yeah. You know, because that's one of those positions where a lot of guys can't interchange as as, as easily as people think. And uh, and forever we were bitching about that for like two and a half years, and then they got some. And uh, yeah, absolutely. So you know, yeah, it's going to be you know when you, you want the best, but you want the best that gives you the depth that you need. Right. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah. And then there's a uh, a lot more to get into when it uh, when it comes to roster stuff, and you know we haven't even hit OTAs yet. So we'll <laughs> see how see how a lot of these uh, rookies measure up with veterans. We'll get your phone calls. Uh, and uh, we'll head into our final segment. It's uh, Trey Thomas, Brantley Gowton, John Barchard here with you. It's BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Rob and Tank coming up live from uh, Lincoln Financial Field. They're down the Super Bowl champion. That's right. Yes. In case you missed it. Uh, they are down there for the Eagles football festival for women happening, which I'm assuming oh, is a nice cool Mother's Day event that's going yeah. on. They're coming up next. It's BGN Radio. Trey Thomas in the building. Uh, Cindy Webster also in the building yeah, on a hanging Saturday. Out. Yeah. Uh, hanging out. Brandon Lee Gowton, also John Barchard with you right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP 888-729-9494. Let's go to our good friend Dave in Springfield. What's up, Dave? Yo, Dave. Hey, guys. Hey, what's nice up, buddy? Nice to talk to you. Nice to talk to All you, too. Right. Hey, uh, I was just thinking of a nickname, and if this guy is the beast that everybody says he is, mm-hmm. there's only one name for this guy. He's the Kraken. Wow. <laughs> the, the Kraken. Yeah, I know. I got, what, the judges? Uh, I know this is like Moshe's favorite. No, like it's it. not my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Kraken? But I'm in. I like it. Yeah, we'll put that. That's on the it's board. It's in the mix. Yeah, yeah it's, it's definitely in the mix. In the mix. Yeah. Unleash the Kraken. Yeah. Uh, Unleash the Kraken. I mean, there's no. I mean, if you ever saw that, there is. There's no question that this is the meanest guy in the, you know, the meanest thing that's ever walked the. Whatever. <laughs> but anyway, the, well, the, uh, that's why. Well, that's what it is, Dave. No, the Kraken package. I could. I could see that. You know, you you send him in and yeah, take care of business. I don't know. Well, we'll let it. We'll now, let what it, exactly is a kraken? I need you to guys refer. Big, like it is. Uh, uh, I yeah. only know it because it's, it's like a giant squid. Yeah, squid. it's like yeah, a yeah, giant yeah, like a, sea monster yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like a okay. Is that like a real thing? Uh, I mean, no. I mean, no, as real as the Loch Ness monster. Here's what I'll say: the realest parts of hangs out with Bigfoot and all the rest of the guys. It's real to me, Trey. That's all that matters. Like Santa Claus. That's right. Santa Claus real and the Easter Bunny and everybody else. Bigfoot for breakfast. Yes. It's a C guy. <laughs> Let's go to John in Oxford. John, what's up, buddy? What's uh, you're on BGN Radio? Yo, hey, John. Good talking to you. Good you, talking to you guys. You too, bud. All right. Hey, so I tuned in when I hopped in my car right when you were talking about again nicknames. Yeah. And I love to think about nicknames. And if you already got this one, I'm sorry, but I think this is absolutely perfect for a big Australian powerhouse like that. Um, think uh, the baddest. Uh, creature in Looney Tunes cartoons, which happens to be a real animal. The Tasmanian Devil. The Tasmanian Devil. I like, I like that. We're just, we're just Taz. Taz. That's right. <laughs> for sure. Wow. How you like that? Uh, I, we, the, again, very very acceptable, John. We'll put it. We'll put it on the board. Taz Kraken. There's been a whole bunch of uh, I don't know. You know, uh, Crocodile Dundee uh, references. Uh, oddly enough. But not that there's anything that I don't know. Let's see. Uh, what is his name? Paul Hogan. <laughs> yeah, Paul Hogan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Paul. I guess you can't like give a literal actor's name to uh, to a football player as a nickname. That doesn't really work. Instead, let's go to Megan on a cell. What's up, Megan? Yo, Megan. 
All right, put Megan on hold and see if she's there. Yeah, so uh, I mean, it's not. Let's let's have him and uh, make the squad first. I think that that should go into yes. it. But the moment that he does, he uh, has that, size eighteen shoes. Size eighteen shoes. Call him Bigfoot. And, and, yeah, and he, he could be Bigfoot. And he thought he was sixteen, which is yeah, which is because it was like so. the the difference, I guess, in the countries. Right. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's different, right. different that's different different pretty serious. Pretty serious. He's like, yeah, I wear a size twelve. Yeah, yeah. I want to see a picture of him standing next to Sproles, though. Oh yeah, or that'd even be fun. me for that matter. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that'd be even better. Let's try Megan one more time. Megan, what's up? Hey guys, my bad. I was on mute. Um, but I tuned in when you guys were talking earlier about uh, Donald Pumphrey. And yeah. to be honest, I would be really surprised if he made the team um, based on how preseason went last year. Yeah. I'd really rather have Kenyon Barner keep that spot. Well, unfortunately, Kenyon Barner signed with the Panthers this week. So oh, he's, did? yeah. Oh, that's yeah. my bad. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. So, yeah. And no, you're, you're right on, Megan. It's like, uh, forget preseason. Like, he didn't. When me and BLG were down there for training camp, OTAs even, yeah, you just there's yeah. you're like, where's the speed? Where's the where's the all the where's stuff the that you promised? You know, and that, <laughs> it's long before hamstring injury or yeah. in, anything that happened there. It's just like, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. He looks like he should be a quick, very fast, mobile guy, but he's he looks pretty normal out there and not in a good way. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I that's exactly how I felt. I was like, I don't get it, but um. You know, always interested to see. I heard you guys keep talking about the undrafted free agents, so who the Corey Clement is going to be this year. So definitely that's, looking forward to that. Yeah, that should be. Yeah, that should be fun. Who's uh, yeah? Do anybody that's uh, uh, what, what do we like to call it again? The uh, the Nate Brown Award. Yeah, yeah. yeah for who is ever uh, kind of catching your eye? Who's definitely not going to make the team, but everybody loves. That's yeah, so. Megan. What is your, does yeah. she have a nickname for Jordan? Oh yeah, you have a you have a Jordan uh, Malata nickname. Oh, not yet. I just I keep thinking about like Savraka, and I'm just so stoked to have this guy on the team. So I'm looking forward to definitely looking forward to watching this guy play. But a Bigfoot, I kind of think I love that video of the cleats. So I guess Bigfoot is what yeah, you can see. It's just straightforward. It's it's yeah. it's there. We'll, it's we'll, right there. We'll figure it out. But yeah. that's uh, uh yeah, kind of like where you know a lot of this uh, different stuff that we've been talking about is 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 still uh, right down to. Honestly, putting pads on and doing a lot of this stuff. Is there anybody as we're going to get into OTAs though? Because shorts don't ultimately matter when you're in shorts and pads, and then trail is going to be no. What, is there anything you can take away though when rookies and vets meet up with one another without pads, Trey? Uh, can he stay in front of the guy? You know, um, but you know what these these camps are so different. It's not like you're going to be going against someone like that. You have to go. You're going in front of trash cans and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, you're not going <laughs> to really see anything until he yeah. puts on pads, you know. And that's the reality of it. And um, you know, can he get his footwork down? You know, I, I, from right now, just from off, off some of the clips that I'm seeing from this kid, he's going to have to work on his stance. His stance is way too wide to yeah. play tackle. So you know, and then a size 18 shoe, man. You know, do they even make those? What do you? That's custom. I, I, yeah, and those. Look, I mean, you know, up. you just go ahead and cut some. You know, make some stuff happen. But I don't. know. What did King Dunlap? What size shoe did he wear? I don't know. Yeah, pretty clear. It's probably up 15. there. Yeah, yeah he yeah, probably somewhere. had to be right up there with it. Yeah. So yeah. you know, it's interesting, man. You know, to see. I hope it. You know, it's a project, but we will see. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and and just in terms of like you know, because because even though we were just saying. You know, Pump didn't have any pads on, but you could tell 
Yeah. It's like it wasn't wasn't the quite, a, wasn't quite enough to. I think that's what you should take away from OTAs and minicamp and things that are happening up until uh, they put the pads on in training camp. There, BLG. The number one most important thing: OTAs don't get hurt. That's yeah, that. That's it. And to hurt. me, the yeah. other quick thing is that, like, sometimes I feel like it's a little a little build on what you see in training camp. Like, mm. this guy's appearing in training camp. Oh, he did that in OTAs too. Maybe this guy yeah. is legit, or, mm-hmm. or this guy was really bad in OTAs and really bad in training camp too. Mm-hmm. He brought like Pumphrey. Like, kind of, <laughs> kind of stinks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know, and uh, as you're going through it, and next week, that's certainly what we'll be talking about because there's there'll be on the field action, and that's that's yeah. what I've kind of settled on here too. Is it is be my final thought rolling out the honeymoon i believe is officially over yeah everybody everybody's getting that sense like even though even with the draft i didn't think it was over yet because you know Mm. you had uh, david acres rile everybody up and everybody's feeling it and now everybody's ready to put it to bed uh certainly with the players have been doing that for a long time now everybody's gonna get uh, ready to work and uh, i'm excited i really am a uh a super bowl two electric boogaloo sounds really good with uh with carson wentz at the helm healthy for the entire season, the entire playoff run, and uh, you know we'll get our we'll get our first peaks of that too in the upcoming weeks. Robin Tank, uh, have you throughout the uh, the rest of the afternoon? Is once again they're down at Lincoln Financial Field for the uh, Eagles Football Festival for Women uh, for Trey Thomas for Brandon Lee Gowton. I'm John Barchard. This has been BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP.